0: guys a question though. How important would you say the truth is to you? Like how important in, in your life, how important is the truth to you? Would you rather someone lie to you and tell you what you want to hear? Or would you rather someone tell you the truth, even if it hurt? Wonder, see it, Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac saying, tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies, right? Remember that? Whereas you got Rick Emmett from Triumph singing, I don't ask for much, the truth will do just fine. Won't you lay it on the line? So let me ask you, which one of those two are you? Are you more of a tell me sweet little lies kind of person or are you more of a lay it on the line kind of person? Or are you a lay it on the line and tell me the truth as long as it's sweet, otherwise keep your mouth shut kind of person? You know, I think probably more of us would fit into that category. But let me ask you, how much does it matter if we speak truthful words? So we've been talking about the power of our tongues, the power of our words. We have been discussing um, how that words shape our world, how that our our tongues and the things that we say actually have the power to direct our lives in different directions and to also direct the, the course of other people's lives, right? Especially those people that are close to us like our family members, our children. Um, And and so we've we've recognized that there's this immense power that is inherent in our words. We have the power to speak life-giving words that heal, or we have the power to speak torching words that burn people's lives down. But you know what? Our our words have another power to them. And that is the power to either enlighten and reveal or to deceive and mislead. And which of those two we decide to do is definitely going to have a huge uh, impact on the direction, the trajectory that our lives take. And so um, in the beginning, if you go all the way back to the very first couple, the the Garden of Eden, and you have Adam and Eve, and they eat of the forbidden fruit, and and their eyes are suddenly open now to the reality of evil and what that means to rebel against God. And, And they're ashamed, and they run, and they hide from God, and God shows up in the garden in Genesis chapter three. And he says, but it says that the Lord God called to the man and said, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? I want you to key in on that phrase. Who told you? See, God wanted them to think about whose voice was informing their decision to run and hide from him. It was very, very important that they thought about what that was coming from, where that was coming from. And so, you know, maybe right now you are in a place that, that you feel unworthy, you feel unwanted, you feel alone. Or maybe, maybe you just feel like a failure, and God's question to you is the same question that he asked Adam and Eve, who told you that? Or maybe you're in a place right now where, where you're going down a path that is outside of God's will. And it's a path that's, that's leading you to places that you don't really want to go, but you're feeling justified and you're feeling self-righteous about the path that you've chosen to take. And God is asking you, who told you that what you're doing is good? Who told you that that's gonna lead you to life? Whose voice are you tuned into? You see, the most life-giving words that have ever been spoken to me in my entire life And I've had a lot of life-giving words spoken to me, but the most life-giving are the words of God himself. They're the words that God has spoken to me through the Bible. In fact, I have this this note on my phone that I keep, which I've entitled, Who I Am. And what I've put in that note is is I've put a lot of different statements from scripture where God is speaking, speaking to his people and he's telling them who they are to him. And I've personalized those statements. I've personalized those verses and I've put my own name into them or, or some of them I've rewritten in first person. So so I've made them personal to me because I'm one of his people. And, and so I know that these are how he feels about me. These are how he looks at me. And so I have that on my phone. And whenever I'm feeling really down and discouraged or whenever I'm, I'm questioning like my value or, or, I'm, or I'm questioning my identity or I'm starting to wonder if I'm a failure, I pull out that note and I, and I just read through it and I pray that to, to God and I affirm those truths from his word about who I am back to him. And it's so very encouraging and life-giving. But you know what? The opposite is true. That when you listen to the wrong voice, when you listen to the dark voice, then you start thinking that way and and, and you begin to to go a different direction. And that's what happened with Adam and Eve. And, And when you start thinking along the lines of that dark voice, that voice that's not speaking truth to you, then you start talking like that voice you start saying the same kinds of things to other people, the people in your life, that that dark voice is speaking to you about yourself. And so it's taking you away from that place of security and, and well being, And instead it's moving you to that place of distrust and that place of despair. And so your words become those kinds of words. See, have you ever been on a long car trip? Any of you ever taken a fairly long car trip and you're listening to the radio and, and you're driving along and you start to get out of range of the radio station that you were listening to? You know what I'm talking about? And, and and suddenly another broadcast starts bleeding in, you know, to to the to the radio. And 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 of course they're they're going back and forth, you know, and you get suddenly it's one song, then it's a different song. It's kind of this crazy mixed match of 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 something that's coming over your, your radio and, and you're wanting to listen to the first radio station, right? That's the one you want to listen to because it's the one you chose, right? You had tuned into that specifically because it was playing something you wanted to hear. Maybe it was playing your favorite song or your favorite kind of music, or maybe it was playing a ball game that you wanted to listen to. I mean, there's been times that I've been on the road um, and listening to a ball game or maybe listening to some classic rock. And then all of a sudden it starts cutting out and, and now there's some country song playing on my radio. And I'm like, no. No, I, I, I do not want to hear that. I do not want to listen to country music. I want to listen to the ball game. Give me my give me my game back, right? And, and and yet it's you know this this conflict that's happening on the radio, and these two stations are fighting it out with each other for who's gonna have control of my car stereo. And of course, I'm rooting for. The first station, right? Just like you do. You're rooting for the first station. You're hoping. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm just going through some, you know, just some temporary interference here. And we'll get back to, to what I was listening to in a second, so you keep leaving it there hoping it's gonna clear up. But do you know which one of those stations is gonna win out? The one that you're moving towards. Every time. And it's that way in life. Okay. Because we start out and we're, we're, we're listening to God. When we, when we start out in life, we, we start out listening to God's voice. It's, it's a voice that speaks life to us. It's a, it's a voice that's a pure voice. It's a loving voice. It's a truthful voice. It's a wise voice. And that's what we hear at first, but at some point another voice starts cutting in and starts starts interfering with the voice of God. And it's of course the devil's voice. And he tells us these dark lies about ourselves and about God and, and about good and evil. And the two voices are are in conflict with each other in our heads and in our hearts. And they're battling it out for who's going to be in control. And they're coming in and they're going out. And sometimes they're both talking at the same time. And it just becomes gibberish in your head and in your heart. And it's God's voice that we want to hear, right? Right? But it's the, it's the devil's voice that's encroaching and, and cutting in on God's voice. And we wonder, what can we do to fix that? What, what can we do to, to tune out the devil's voice in our heads and tune in God's voice in our heads? And here's the thing, guys. The voice that's going to win out in your head and in your heart is the one you're moving towards. See, God is always about truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the the truth, and the life. When he was describing what it's like to be in a relationship with him and what comes out of that, he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So God's about truth. If you want God's voice and the voice of truth to have its its say in your life, it's that's if that's the one that you want to tune into, then you need to move towards God. And you need to to, to put the devil and the voices that he controls in your rearview mirror. All right, so first, we've gotta make sure that we're listening to the voice of truth. We gotta make sure that we're listening to God's voice instead of the dark voice of Satan. But we also then have a part to play in creating a world in which truth can be heard. So I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter four. Uh, If you have a Bible that you brought, if you have a Bible on your phone, feel free to uh, go to your Bible app and go to Ephesians chapter four where the apostle Paul writes this, this wonderful letter to the church at Ephesus. And I wanna actually start at the end of the text that we're gonna look at. I'm gonna start with the last part of it. Verse 25, Paul says this. He says, therefore, Each of you must put off falsehood and what? Speak truthfully. Speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Now, a theme that runs throughout this text that we're gonna look at this morning is this theme of speaking truth in a world of deception and misinformation. God wants us, He wants you, He wants me to make a commitment to being truth tellers in our lives, okay? And part of that, part of being a truth teller at its most basic level is just to stop telling lies. Okay? It's, it's kind of pretty simple when it comes down to the most basic level. Stop, stop telling lies. Stop saying things that aren't true. You know, we count on God to be truthful with us, don't we? Like when you read the scriptures, you're counting on what God is saying to you, the promises he's making to you to be true, right? I mean, what would it be if we couldn't trust God? If he said one thing and did another? I mean, so we count on God being truthful with us. And so we need to be truthful with other people. That's what it's like to to exemplify the heart of God, right? Right? So Michelle, my wife, was was listening to a a podcast this past week uh, that I overheard little bits and pieces of, um, but it it was about a woman named Amanda Riley. And Amanda was a a committed church-going person um, who went through a long battle with cancer. And all of of the treatments, some of them even out of state, Um, were a real financial strain on her family. And and so uh, some of her friends helped her set up a GoFundMe account and and they worked it really, really hard. And and over the course of about seven years uh, of treatments, um, they were able to raise like well over $100,000 for the Riley family to, to cover their a little bit of their expenses. And a lot of that money came from people that they knew that they were very close to. Um, Her pastor invited her to speak even one one day at church and to give her testimony. And, and, And she was an inspiration to everyone who knew her right up until it was discovered that she didn't have cancer at all. Never had, nor had she thought she did. It had been a seven year long ruse, an elaborate hoax that she had pulled off and, and swindled so many people out of money, including her, her closest friends and family members. And, and it was discovered, it came out, she was charged with fraud, convicted, sentenced to five years in prison. And you hear that story, so That's a horrifying story, isn't it? I mean, it's, ter- it's just terrible. And, and you hear that story and you think, how in the world you know, could somebody do that? And it's just hard to imagine someone doing something like that, much less doing it yourself. But the thing is, that whole thing started with just one lie. Started with just one. And you know, we might not think about doing something like that. We might not think about we might not even consider trying to defraud people out of their money or or you know telling lies that are as elaborate as the ones that she concocted. But sometimes perhaps we don't think too much about telling what we consider to be innocuous, innocuous lies, innocent lies, things that don't seem to really be that big of a deal. But the thing is that whenever we are deceiving someone for our own advantage, we are speaking the native language of the devil. I mean, Jesus said that Satan is the father of all lies. So we don't wanna be speaking his language. And in fact, followers of the one who is the personification of truth, more than anyone should be committed to speaking the truth. But this goes a lot further than just placing a value on honesty, okay? A lot further than than just not telling lies. So I wanna back up in the text now to where he actually began this whole stream of thought in verse 11. Okay, so back to Ephesians 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attained to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, "'Tossed back and forth by the waves "'and blown here and there by every wind of teaching "'and by the cunning and craftiness of people "'in their deceitful scheming. "'Instead, speaking the truth in love, "'we will grow to become in every respect "'the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ.'" From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Okay, so again, being a truth teller is more than just not telling lies. It's also a calling and a commitment to speak truth that needs to be spoken. Speak truth that needs to be spoken. You see, When truth is being spoken in a good way, in the right way, good things can happen. Good things can happen for for people, good things can happen for families, good things can happen for organizations, good things can happen for society when truth is being spoken in the right way. And, and you know we can sometimes even help to to retune the receiver in somebody else's head away from that dark dishonest voice to that light and, and truthful voice just by, <clears throat> just by telling the truth ourselves, just by speaking truth that needs to be heard. Paul, Paul says here in this text that when we know God, when we've come to this knowledge of Jesus Christ and we, and we come to understand the truth that he's revealed, that then we actually can come to this, this place where we are shining a light on the truth ourselves where we're able to shine a light, we're able to speak truth to others and shine a light on the truth and expose the deceptions, expose you know, the, the lies of our enemy that have infiltrated people's minds and that threaten to take us captive. But I, I think that for many of us, and, and you tell me if, if, you, if you've seen this, but it seems to me, just in, in my conversations with people, that, most of us work so hard at being nice that we seldom, if ever, find the courage to speak needed truth if we're afraid that it might rub somebody the wrong way. Is that Does that seem fair? I mean, does that sound true to you? It does to me. And I know even in my own life, that is sometimes true. Uh, And it's great to be nice. I mean, I want to be nice. I'm sure you want to be nice. We all want to be nice. It's good to be nice and we should be, but not at the expense of leaving something unsaid that, that might save somebody from a much worse fate than having their feathers ruffled. See, Paul touches on what happens when the truth isn't being spoken. What does that look like? Well, he says people behave like infants. Now, we all love babies, right? I mean, we're about to have a new grandbaby in a couple of months and we can't wait to have that baby. And we love babies, but, but babies aren't especially good at making wise decisions. Probably not gonna turn over anything real important to a baby, to take care of. So people behave like infants, he says. He also paints a picture of being tossed around in a boat on a choppy sea. Maybe like this boat here. (laughs) Well. All right, that's good. That was really weird. It just totally messed up the aspect ratio. You couldn't even tell what was happening there. I'm not sure what happened. It was, it was, if if you could have seen it, it was a boat being destroyed by a wave, basically. All right, so I'm um, not sure what happened to the to the video, but anyway, you get the picture. You know, it's you know, if you're if you're in a little boat out on a stormy sea and you get hit by some pretty big waves, you know what that's going to look like. It's not going to be fun. And, and Paul is saying that's what life looks like when 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 truth isn't being spoken. It becomes chaotic. It becomes becomes, uh, something where we lose our direction. It it even becomes dangerous. And and some of the, the, the false beliefs and the deceptions that are sometimes being touted as education are downright dangerous. And they have and they will leave a lot of people's lives wrecked and eventually maybe even our entire society if truth is not spoken. Verse 17, Paul goes on to say, "'So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord "'that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do.'" That being those who don't know God. "'In the futility of their thinking.'" Verse 18, he says, they are what? They're darkened in their understanding, right? They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. Why are they darkened in their understanding? Because they're listening to the wrong voice, right? They're listening to the voice of the enemy. So they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the fact that they're stupid? No, due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they're full of greed, In other words, life is not going to be good anywhere people are futile in their thinking, anywhere people are darkened in their understanding. Because when that's the case, then we're gonna see every kind of dark and futile practice rising up. Without truth, he says, people get separated from the life that God wants to give us. And and, and that's what happens when you're listening to the wrong voice. And a lot of people are. And he goes on in verse 20. He says, that, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the, the truth, That is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, okay? To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So So he's saying false beliefs feed deceptive desires, False beliefs feed deceptive desires. But the truth of Jesus, on the other hand, it gives us a new mindset, he says. It actually frees us from from this bondage of our former self, our former way of life, when we were deceived about a lot of things. And it allows us to become new, he says, the, the person God created to become like him before we were deceived, before our sinful nature took over, before the voice of the devil started encroaching on the voice of God in our life, in our heart. So right beliefs lead to righteous living, okay? Right beliefs lead to righteous living. In, in the crazy times that, that we're living in today though, truth is sometimes labeled as hate speech, and people have, have unfortunately spoken hatefully at times about people and about people groups because of some prejudice in their heart, some vitriol in their heart. People have said hateful things and nobody should condone that. It's unhelpful, it's wrong, it's destructive. And, and it fits into the category of the torching words that scripture warns us off of. But my observation is that a good bit of what some people call hate speech actually isn't coming from a place of hate at all. It's actually coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of love for the truth and love for humanity. And those are the very kinds of words that the scriptures teach us to use. Again, verse 15 tells us to be people who are speaking the truth in love. And when we're speaking the truth in love, then we can grow and we can mature. You know, it's just that when the deceptions that that society is trying to sell us, which is ultimately coming from Satan, it's Satan that's trying to sell us these deceptions and he's using unsuspecting people to do so. And, And so the people when that scene, when people recognize that, when we recognize the deceptions that's there and then try to rebut those deceptions, those who are propagating those deceptions in order to try to shut down the opposition, label it as hate speech. But listen, guys, it isn't hateful to speak the truth in love. It's never hateful to speak the truth in love. That is, it's actually loving, assuming that you actually care about these people. They actually care about the person that you're talking to, that you actually care about their welfare, that you care about their well-being. assuming that you do love them, which you will if you're obeying the second greatest commandment of all, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. And that means all your neighbors, the ones you agree with and the ones you don't agree with the ones that are like you and the ones that aren't like you. But what would be unloving and even hateful is to reinforce and to spread the lies that people are being told that are leading them ultimately down a path of destruction and unraveling society itself. And this is so insidious, guys, because we, we want to always be affirming of people. I mean, that's our bent, right? We, we all want to, to be affirming and encouraging of people. That's, that feels loving to affirm people. It, it, it sounds loving to affirm people. But if we're affirming things that they believe that simply aren't true... And that are out of sync with God's revealed will and his plans for the good of humanity, then it's ultimately not loving. I mean, think about it this way: if, if somebody is driving the wrong way down a street, down a road, they're going the wrong direction against the flow of traffic, and, and you and I, if we, like, if we notice this, if we see them, you know, should we just let them go? Just kind of, okay, well. Hope things work out well. Yeah, I mean, don't we have some kind of responsibility? Don't we have some kind of of, of motivation to try to do something to help? You know, and and, and if we are hanging out our you know hanging our, wind, our, our head out the window of our car and we're yelling, "Hey, you're going the wrong way," you know, uh, is that being hateful? No, we're we're just trying to save them. We're we're trying to protect them. We're trying to keep them from disaster and the people that they're going to run into, right? And when we tell people about Jesus or we speak the truth about something that's taking them away from God, that's taking them down a path that will ultimately lead to emptiness and pain, is that being hateful? Or is that being loving? See, a a commitment to speaking the truth in love actually reflects the heart of God. That's what God does for us through scripture, through people, through prayer. God speaks the truth in love to us. And it's not always what we wanna hear, but it's what we need to hear. And that's part of our calling as well. But what we need to do, guys, what we need to do, listen to me, we need to plant seeds of truth instead of firing bullets of hate, okay? That's what the people of God should be about planting seeds of truth, not firing bullets of hate. See, planting seeds of truth. Seeds of truth are spoken out of a genuine care and concern for the person or people that we're talking to or talking about. Bullets of hate are fired to hurt people. Seeds of truth are anchored in a a reasoned understanding of what God has said about something, about what God has spoken, bullets of hate are fired out of prejudice and irrational fear. Seeds of truth, uh, they, they help realign a person's distorted perspective with reality, whereas bullets of hate are fired to win an argument. Let's be sowers, not shooters. And so here's a very practical next step that I want to urge all of us to do. And that is to speak the truth, even when it's hard. Speak the truth, even when it's hard, even when it's going to cause some discomfort for you, even when maybe things aren't going to, on the front end, work out as well as if you were to lie about it. Speak the truth, even when it might Make someone feel a little bit uncomfortable if you're doing it in the right way, in the right moment, with the right relationship. Because, you know, we all have friends, we all have family, right? And we all have each other to look out for, to care for. And we need to be wise, we need to be discerning about when it is appropriate to speak hard truth to another person, because it's not always appropriate. We need to know when it's appropriate, when it's not. And always, always pray about it first. Always take time to talk that over with God before you talk about it with that person. Because that, taking that time to spend with God, taking that time to, to give God full access to your heart, to examine your motives, to examine your 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 feelings and where you're coming from, man, that that can turn bullets into seeds. And always humble yourself and be open to receive whatever truths others may need to speak into your life and your heart in appropriate times. So as we close out this series that we've we've been in for the last four weeks, I just wanna encourage you to remember what you've heard to live it out in practice. This is so important. Remember that your tongue is the rudder of your life and the things you say are are going to determine the direction you go. So be sure that your words are steering you in the right direction. Remember your words shape your world. So let's make it a beautiful one. Let's make it a good one.